You know, I think Jersey Jack Pinball should be making Motley Crue because this is the theme song this year for them. It's the same old, same old situation. It's the same old, same old ball and chain. Oh, welcome to 588 of the world's favorite pinball podcast. I'm your host, Canada, and here's what I'm going to do on this episode. I'm going to deliver some really negative news in a really positive way because I've been told lately that, Canada, your show is too negative. You're bumming me out. I get into pinball to have fun, and I don't want to hear you talk about stuff that doesn't uplift me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this podcast so excited. I'm going to deliver news that's not good, but I will deliver to you in a super excited way. How is that? Is that fair? Because I'm the only pinball podcaster that seems to care about this topic. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now, I've got some really, really exciting news about Jersey Jack Pinball. I've got some really, really excited stuff I want to read to you about Jersey Jack Pinball communication. And I've got some personal news about my relationship with Jersey Jack Pinball and how I will cover Jersey Jack Pinball on Canada's Pinball Podcast moving forward. So first, this is probably the most exciting news of the year that I'm going to give to you right now. It is Jersey Jack Pinball's communication from JJP to their distributors about Guns N' Roses playfield issues. You guys have been waiting all year for this. And so this came to me from a friend of mine who bought a collector's edition of Guns N' Roses. He was super excited. He opened it up and I guess he's played it for about 85 plays and he's got a chip on one of his posts. And this is what was sent to his distributor. Now, unfortunately for those of you out there, today is the final day this offer stands. So this was Jersey. Jersey Jack Pinball's correspondence from them to my friend's distributor. The title of the email is the following, one-time GNR CE buyback offer. And it goes on to say this, hello, please reach out to your customer with the GNR CE buyback offer. Please inform them that this offer is only good until Monday, June 7th, 5 p.m. Central Time. Please let me know on or before 5 p.m. on Monday, June 7th, their intention. No other resolution will be offered. How awesome is this? There will be no other resolution offered by Jersey Jack Pinball to these customers. Regards, Barry. Please reply to this thread as it will help keep track of our conversation. This is from Barry, the customer service manager at Jersey Jack Pinball. I mean, this is amazing. This is awesome. This is what we've been waiting for. And we finally have some sort of confirmation that they will buy your game back, but they won't resolve the issue at all. The only thing they'll do is throw money at a machine that they know is worth well more than $12,500. Oh, thank you, Jersey Jack. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, the other question becomes is this. Are they going to offer this to Ellie and SE owners of the game? I don't know. How do you do that? Those people would probably take the refund. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Because I know so many people have been saying, Canada, you're negative. 
you have a CE inbox and you're a hypocrite. If you really want to stick it to Jersey Jack Pinball, then you would send your game back. Well, I'm also not a complete moron. My parents sent me to great schools. I learned common sense. Why would I send my game back for 12.5 when I could easily sell it in box for thousands of dollars more? But I'm not going to do that either because then I'd be a liar because I told you that Guns N' Roses pinball would never leave my possession, that I will own Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition for the rest of my life, that Killian will get this machine in my will to him. This machine is never leaving me. So here is what I'm going to do, and I'm so excited to tell you about this. I'm so excited to give you negative news in a positive way. Canada will never sell his Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition. But here is what I'm going to do. I am no longer... I am no longer going to talk about Jersey Jack Pinball on this podcast ever again until they have a resolution that satisfies me. And I'm going to tell you what the resolution is that would satisfy me. They need to figure out a playfield solution, which is not these washers that everyone's guessing about. And they need to make new playfields that will not disintegrate. And I think that is a fair deal between me and Jersey Jack Pinball. And until they announce that, that they have figured out a way to get people play fields that will not pool and chip around almost every single post that takes contact, Canada will not be unboxing game number 500. I'm not selling it back to them. I'm not selling it to one of you. The game will remain in a box. How long and how many years it remains in that box is up to Jersey Jack Pinball. But I have to just say that this whole like washer gate and guessing which washer goes where and some buyers have black washers, some buyers have clear washers, those metal washers, JJP, just so you know, those metal washers that you're putting underneath the post by the slingshot area and on the upper playfield by the lock artwork it does not work. They do not work. And this is the part that just absolutely, I'm so excited to talk to you about. Did you even do any quality control testing on any of these fixes? Did you even do it? Isn't the whole point of a pinball company to test these things and put thousands of plays on these games before they say this is good enough, this is good to go, and this is ready to go to customers. That's your job. You had six to eight months when you moved factories from New Jersey to Chicago to put Guns N' Roses playfields on a rig and have the ball hitting every single post hundreds of times to make sure the playfield stood up because you knew you had two games in a row before that that had pooling issues and chipping issues and clearly nobody did it. And so I'm here to tell you, I'm super excited to tell you, we will no longer be covering Jersey Jack Pinball after this podcast until a resolution has happened. Now, that's just my own personal decision to do this on my show. When I go down a list of distributors in alphabetical order, I will skip JJP and I will just go right on to the next one. H-I-J, Haggis, then we got J, then we got K-L-M-A, Multimorphic will be next. We will go from Haggis 
to multimorphic. I know it's like it's like oh man, like what a painful what a painful thing to skip all the exciting stuff we want to talk about with Jersey Jack Pinball, all the things we want to get excited about with your company, the Toy Stories, the Matrixes, Christopher Franchi working with Eric Minier. You know we want to talk about all this stuff, but I won't do it. I just won't do it until they say to me, hey, we have a resolution. Because to me, there's no resolution here. You can't send an email out that says, we'll give you your money back, but we will not be doing anything other than that. Because I love this game. I want to own this game. I want to own this game forever. I want it to be in my game room forever. I don't want to have to worry about it every time I play it. I don't want to have to go over it with a microscope every time I play it. And I'm talking to you right now, Derek, one of my best friends in the world. I don't want to make apologies for the company and I don't want to say, well, just stop worrying about it and just enjoy it because you shouldn't have to compromise this. You shouldn't have to compromise enjoyment for quality. That is the most ridiculous compromise in pinball. These things are way too expensive. If I've if I've spent 3500 on this machine, then maybe I could live with it. $12,500 on this machine, I won't live with it. And I don't care. This is just my decision. That's how I feel when I buy the most expensive version of something in the world. These are the highest, most expensive premium pinball machines in the world. And it is my prerogative to have expectations that are higher than just average. And this is below average. Chipping play fields are below average. And that is why this will be the last I cover of Jersey Jack Pinball until they have a resolution for me. And you know what I'm going to do? When that day happens, when that glorious day happens, when they have another collector's edition playfield that they can guarantee to me is bulletproof, and I, man, I hope Mirko's name is not on it, if they send it to me, and here's the thing, Jersey Jack, and I mean this, I shouldn't have to do this, but I will pay in full for that new playfield, all right? I don't, I don't want you guys to go out of business. I don't want there to be a run on the bank. I don't want you guys to be significantly hurt by this. I just want to play the game I love. I just want to play the masterpiece you created. I will pay in full for that new bulletproof playfield, and I will mail my game to high-end pins and have Chris Hutchins over there do a complete playfield swap. That will cost me a few thousand dollars. It will. I would rather have the game be bulletproof and last the test of time and have this masterpiece be the exact way I would have liked to have had it. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to spend more money out of pocket to make it the way it should have came from the factory. But I'm also here to tell you this, Jersey Jack Pinball, and I think you know, you're know you taking a lot of arrows and you're taking a lot of abuse. But I want to say this. Thank you for making a game that on day one, went from being 12500 all the way up to around $20,000. So thank you for making such a masterpiece because if this game wasn't a masterpiece, it wouldn't be worth that much. And so I almost look at it like I have to take the market value into consideration. If I put two to $3,000 of my own money back into this game, I'm still going to come out way on top on the value of this game. And if you have a collector's edition with a brand new bulletproof playfield swapped by high-end pins, the sky's the limit on what these things would be worth. So that's where I'm at. 
It's unfortunate. These guys loved me when I was hyping this game. Eric, Ken, they would, they would talk to me. We were all excited. They don't talk to me anymore. They don't, they don't respond to me anymore. And so this is why I'm just going to say I'm done. I'm done. I'm not talking about code updates. I'm not talking about this quality anymore. You guys, here's the thing. You guys, this is it. Like, you won't hear Canada complain about this issue. We all know that none of the other podcasts out there will even talk about this issue. You guys are doing the best job. I mean, you, you want to talk about helping your buddies out and expanding pinball and not winning twippies? That's how you do it. You'll never win a Twippy when you bury these subjects under the carpet. And they all know who they are. And it's not a personal attack. It's a decision they all make to actually ignore that the world's second largest pinball company is having these issues. Let's just not talk about it. Let's talk about Fathom, okay? All right, so that's it. That's my decision. And as of this minute, mark the minute, I am done talking about Jersey Jack until there is a resolution. Is that fair? Was that excited enough, Cliff Albert? Did I bum you out with this? All right, let's move on to Stern Pinball. So Mandalorian, pros are going on the line really soon. We should start to see this game really soon. You know, there's been some back and forth about the callouts, like Carl Weathers is like overly animated, but I don't have any issue with the callouts. I heard them. I thought they were fine. Remember, the Mandalorian's in battle. If he's talking to Mando while he's in battle, He's not going to talk to him in a somber voice. You know, you can never win in pinball. People would complain like Alice Cooper's callouts are so like docile. And then Carl Weathers is too animated. You can't win with pinball people. It's much better for them to be animated with the callouts than to be somber with the callouts. So Mandalorian's coming. I will say I think Mando hype has kind of dissipated, but that's just my personal views on the game. You know how I feel. I'm sure the game is fun. Every single game is fun. They are. They're all fun. I mean, pinball is fun, right? Pinball is not like going to get a root canal. Pinball is like not someone like poking you in the back. It's a game. It's a toy. It's fun. It's like every game to me is fun. But from there... How do you not have Grogu use his force powers to save the ball? I, I'm just so focused on that part of it that the use of force powers in this game is just lame. It was lame, Brian Eddy. You can do better, Brian Eddy. And we all should be very positive in patting Brian Eddy on the back and be like, congratulations, Brian. You got your second title out. And once again, you failed to put the magic in the game. Brian, you can do better, though. I think it's third time at the plate over at Stern is going to be where he knocks it out of the park. And I know Kaneda hyped this game, but can you blame me? Mandalorian, Brian Eddy, the guy who made two of the greatest pinball machines of all time, and he knows how to put magic under the glass. Oops, it's starting to look a lot like all the Bally Williams engineers are the reasons why these guys are rock stars, and it's not the other way around. These designers over at Bally Williams did not make the engineers rock stars. The engineers made these guys the rock stars. And that is the truth. We all know it. And it's all come true. As we've seen all these Bally Williams designers go at it on their own or with new companies, they come nowhere close to what they used to create. Why is that? Is it a bomb issue? Who knows? Maybe. So that's happening. All right. What else is going on in the pinball world? So Jerry over at P3 Multimorphic sent out an email that he has a licensed theme coming to the P3 Multimorphic. Now, this is the day we've been waiting for. We've always said that Jerry needs a licensed theme and he has a licensed theme coming. Now, what is that licensed theme? I have no idea. I have no idea. I would assume that it's not an expensive license. 
I would assume it's not some major movie or major TV show because here's the problem with his platform and a major license. How do you then have to create stuff to go over that big screen? I mean, that's the hard part about P3 Multimorphic is he's made a platform that must be a nightmare to make so many original assets for if you have to cover that big playfield screen. Now, here's what I think it's going to be. It's probably going to be something like a mobile game, like a Candy Crush or something along those lines. And, and yes, Greg Colton, you threw that out and put that into my head. But that's probably what it's going to be, something that won't require too much original asset creation that makes sense for the ball to roll over and hit stuff. So I think if you think about what out there is a license where he could create that easily on his platform. But Jerry... Congratulations on getting a license. It's what you've always needed from day one to get people super excited about P3 Multimorphic. And I can hear Jerry being like, I would argue with you that you're wrong, that people love the P3 Multimorphic. And then I would respond to Jerry and be like, be honest, you haven't sold 300, have you, in like seven, eight years? And he'd be like, I'm going to punch you right now. But nope, he knows I'm right. And speaking of selling 300, you know, it's funny to me seeing Steve Bowden's playing Hot Wheels. And Steve Bowden is hyping Hot Wheels from American Pinball, who is a competitor to Deep Root Pinball. So what do you think about Steve Bowden jumping on Hot Wheels and doing a big post about how much fun he's having playing Hot Wheels? Now, some people think that it's inappropriate for someone to be hyping a competitor's game. Someone wrote, it shows class that Steve is showing his appreciation for Hot Wheels. I just look at the whole thing like, I don't know, is this a is this a clue that American Pinball is actually gonna manufacture Raza? You know, if I'm Steve Bowden, I wouldn't show my face until Raza ships. And because once you sign up with a company like Deep Root, and once you make these bold promises like Deep Root did, and once you say you're gonna ship more games in one year than everyone else, and once you upload all this Raza stuff to your Fun With Bonus page, you've set all these expectations about how you're gonna deliver something, and you're part of that company, Steve. Like, you can't separate yourself from Deep Root. Like, you're in bed with the Deep Root crew. Like, it's your cult now that you're a part of. You gotta kind of be in it now. And and being in it doesn't mean going out and praising other people's games. And I'll say this, from a marketing standpoint, it is pretty ridiculous that a competitor and someone working at a competitor would go out there and praise another company's products. You don't see Porsche being like, congratulations, BMW, on your great new car, and vice versa. You don't see it. You don't see like Rockstar Games being like, we want to congratulate Electronic Arts on making a really good game last month. No, it doesn't happen. And as much as this sort of climate of like, all pinball companies should champion all pinball companies because we need to expand pinball. It's all hogwash. These people are competing with each other. If you knew the behind-the-scenes stories of how much some of these personalities who run these pinball companies hate each other. It's good. It's good because that anger to bury your competitor is what leads to better products, not all holding hands and pretending like Hot Wheels sold like more than 400 units because it didn't. And it's another failure for American pinball. Nobody wants to say, Kennedy, you're so negative. Look, it's not my fault. I didn't make these games. I didn't make these themes. I didn't choose these themes. Now, speaking of themes... Canada has seen Army of Darkness this weekend. I never saw it before. 
So Brendan and I saw Army of Darkness, and people told us we could skip the first two Evil Dead movies, because I told you Brenda didn't really like Evil Dead 1, and you don't need to see them. I mean, Army of Darkness is a standalone, campy movie. It is weird, though, like watching it, knowing what Evil Dead is. It's like, wow, they really jumped to a completely new take on this entire story. And I will say this, like the movie was fun. It was fun. I wasn't blown away by it. I could see how the callouts would be great from Ash. I could see it. I understand why people enjoy this film. It's nowhere near as good as Big Trouble in Little China, but they're both in the same cult classic sort of category. And I'm not here to argue. I know that a lot of people like these cult classics, but not nearly enough. If I was going to pick a pinball theme, I wouldn't land on Army of Darkness because there are even other cult classics that I would put above it, like Beetlejuice, like Big Trouble in Little China. But I get it. Like, there probably are, and I mean this, there are probably easily 500 fans of this movie to buy the pinball machine because ultimately it comes down to that. You only need to sell. 500 to 1,000 of these games within the first week, their first sale, to be a successful boutique pinball company. Doesn't it seem really easy to do that? We just need to pick a theme in which there are 500 to 1,000 geeks out there that are willing to spend this much money on this theme. That is how easy it is. And it does sound easy, and it is easy. That is why when you land on Houdini, and you land on Oktoberfest and you can't sell a thousand of each, it just goes to show how piss poor the marketing is at some of these boutique pinball companies. David Fix, can you fix the problem? So Spooky Pinball, I'm hearing that, you know, Spooky has done an amazing job of making me feel like I have no idea what the next title is or titles are, multiple titles, and I don't even know anymore. I'm going to bet that my Nightmare on Elm Street prediction is accurate. From there, it's anybody's guess. I also heard that they have a family-friendly theme that's coming out as well that's not TNA 2.0. So is it He-Man? Is it something like that? I don't know. I just don't know. You know, He-Man would make a great reskin of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle and just make it Castle Grayskull, but I don't know what it's going to be. I think Spooky has also done a great job feeding misinformation out into the world. I'll tell you why. I get hit up by a dude and he's like, Kenita, I know what the next Spooky is. I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's Halloween. I'm like, well, how do you know that? He's like, well, Spooky told me. I'm like, do you really think it's that simple, my man? That they're just going to say, hey, man, you over here, we're going to tell you what it is. They don't do that. They're not that stupid. I think they do that because they know you talk to people like Canada and they're tripping me up and I've been tripped up. And here's the great part about it all. If I get this wrong, who cares? We're still going to win the Twippy because no one else will talk about the real issues in pinball. No one will tell you how they really feel. Let's just go on to fathom now and how great Kelts is. Yep, five for five. It's coming. We've already started the, the Twippy rally cry. Anyway, I reached out to Rob Burke over at Chicago Pinball Expo. He has not gotten back to me. And the reason why I reached out to him is I want to do a Canada's party at Expo. 
but I have not heard back. I'm I'm not sure if he's talking to me because I know we we reported that Rob might be investing in AP. I'm not sure if that's true. And and Rob, if it's not true, just hit me up at CanadaPinball at gmail.com. Let me know. And, and it's no big deal. I mean, people who love pinball invest in pinball companies. But I would like to do a party at Expo. And I have a very special pinball tournament that I am going to do during that party that I would love to reveal to all of you. But I just want to get some space there. And I'm, I'm willing to pay for it. And I'm willing to give some drinks and some food. And it'll be much better than Stern's birthday party. If you remember when Stern invited us to their 30th birthday party and they made us all buy our own drinks. That was the seminal moment in pinball to me. It's like the biggest company in the world that makes millions of dollars off of each of us invited us to their birthday party and made us buy our own drinks. And that's it. That's it. That's the hobby we're in, people. And I don't mean to be negative. I don't even mean to be too positive on a negative, but like that's just where we're at. So as much as you think we need to support these companies and say the stuff they want to hear and expand pinball, remember where it all comes from? Remember where it all comes from? The companies want to make money off of you. The distributors want to sell you stuff. They want you to buy, buy, buy. They don't want you to take a step back and say, hey, they don't really care that much about you. That in life, these are just pinball companies. These are just companies making toys you don't need. They don't want you to do what Canada does, to zoom out a little bit, that none of these games are bringing you the happiness that you're really searching for in life. They fill the void of boredom, they do, they fill the space in your game room, they do, and they give you enjoyment, absolutely. And for those of you who love playing pinball, I completely understand why. It's a very fun thing to do. But at the prices these games are at, you all know it, we're at a point now where you could put three games next to each other and you're basically at $36,000, $38,000. And those aren't even the collectible versions of a game. The moment Pirates of the Caribbean with playfield issues sold for $38,500, the moment that happened, that a product we knew wasn't even good quality inside the box, like that playfield is nerfed as well. The moment we saw these games go for these prices, it's kind of over. Like it's 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 jumped the shark pinball. We're at a point now where it's no longer about the fun. This is now like college tuition prices for one pinball machine. And then you think back to when Lord of the Rings was 3700 bucks and had all that stuff in it and was packed and the greatest code and such good toys and mechs and real innovation in it and $3,700 it cost. So here we are, here we are. And I have always said it, the only reason why I do this show, the reason why I love doing this show, is it just brings people together. It's the people connection. That's free. I don't need to go to a distributor and be like, hey, can you give me five friends? If I simply am into pinball and join Pinside and join Facebook groups and join Canada's Facebook Live, you will make a lot of friends. And these friends are really great. And I mean this. These friends are people that I will have for the rest of my life. And I look forward to giving you guys more exciting pinball podcasts. Now, speaking of friends of the show, as I sign off, I want to say an extra special thank you to my new Patreon contributors, Kevin Clement, Robert Bush, Mark Roberts. And we got, look, and Mr. 
Colin Urban also upped his pledge, which thank you so much. It's always fun to see when people up their pledge. It means I'm doing something right. And there's many more of you, but I will call you out on this show when you contribute. My friend Martin over there in Europe, thank you so much, Martin, for your PayPal contribution. And I know people slam me for doing this. How dare you? How dare you congratulate people on donating to your show after you've done only 588 podcasts about pinball. But this has been episode 588. You can get a lot of pinball news, a lot of pinball energy, a lot of pinball excitement without a lot of airtime. Everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your week. I don't expect there to be much other news in pinball happening. We are all waiting for Spooky Pinball and Chicago Gaming Company to reveal their next titles. Until that happens, you know, other than Mandalorian and Spooky and Chicago Gaming Company, I don't expect there to be much news in pinball. We'll talk to you soon, people. Have a good week. (laughs) 